podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Mead. I'll be your host for this one. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, I'm joined by three fantastic guests. Jerry, what are you saying, bro? Hey, man. Good to be here. Listen, through rain or shine, we score. <laughs> <laughs> True. What are you saying, Jerry? I'm there, man. Like I told you last week, still sleeping like a baby, waiting for the money to come in, man. <laughs> he's waiting for the he's waiting for the the, the square to be loaded. Yeah. Jay, long time, man. How you been, bro? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Surviving yeah. like my club, yeah. bro. <laughs> bro. Look, it's it's crazy because we always say like it's it's never a boring time. Like supporting Chelsea, it's always eventful, always crazy, and this these sanctioned things are, again, whilst we say it's a surprise, it's just typical Chelsea for us to be going through things like this. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. despite all the sanctions, so, uh, oh, I was going to say, do you know the only constant? What's that? That cold hard silverware, man. You know the vibes. Come on, man. I was going to say, despite all of the sanctions, all of the mess, all of the uproar, people hating Chelsea again, which we love. Um, Chelsea are doing the business on the pitch. You know, I think that's um, that's five wins in a row or six wins in a row now, um, other than the Liverpool defeat in the Carabao Cup. I think Chelsea are looking quite decent, quite decent. But I kind of want to touch on the the Newcastle game because... Obviously, it didn't really go all our way that match. Newcastle are in incredible form, um, looking very, very difficult to beat. Um, and that's pretty much how the kind of the game went, from my perspective. We didn't really look great at all. Um, Jay, how did you feel um, going into that game? Were you confident or were you still a little bit shaky considering how well Newcastle have been playing? Um, in terms of the pattern of the game, I, I was kind of expecting it because I think um, when we went to St James Park, it was kind of, it was kind of similar in in the t- in a way where like they weren't really trying to play like that, you know they they're really compact. They like to defend, obviously, um, and yeah, we just had like a lot of the ball. But I think breaking it breaking them down was always going to be difficult. I think the only difference was this time is that um, obviously we was playing at home, but but in terms of Newcastle, it was like that they were in good form. Do you know what I mean? So I think they would have been even more confident in trying to nick a goal, like on the off chance. So 
for me, I think it, it kind of went how I thought it was going to go. I expected to probably get a few a few more like half chances and a couple more clear cut chances against Newcastle, but mm. in in I don't know like the way Newcastle play, and especially at the moment where they're trying to make sure that they even stay in the Prem as well. Do you know what I mean? Like I know they've been on a good run, but essentially they're they're trying to stay up. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a mess. Jerry, what did you think of the first half in that game? Because we looked quite shaky, to be honest. It was quite a bit, a bit of a mess. Do you know what? It was tough. Um, they, You could see they, they wanted it. They were they were running hard. They were playing. I mean, it, it seems like they're already safe, but they played very much like a, a team fight relegation. Um, they were fighting for everything. Um, and I think when you... Usually in games we tend to it goes two ways. We either start really really well and then tail off in the second half, or we take a while to get into it. And I think this is one of those games where um, it took a while to get into it. I mean, <clears throat> with the with the whole situation around the club, that's not a big surprise. But I think they pressed us um, high and they were, they were almost almost like a block. We found it difficult to get the ball up the pitch um, and keep it in the, those attacking areas, but. Um, obviously, Kai Havertz comes up with the goods. Um, what a finish! Yeah, that whole that whole that whole game. I was like, listen, I'm, I'll I'll take anything. Like, I just want to leave here with something. And yeah. that, that, <laughs> when it get when it gets to this stage of the season, um, it's almost results over anything else. Yeah. Um, so well, I think I think we did struggle. The, the struggles we have, listen, we've we've all been watching Chelsea for for a while. This is nothing new. Um, so in my mind, it was just okay. We're not playing well, but let's just get three points and and, and get back to get back to London. Yeah. Before we even touch on that Havertz goal, which will get its own respect and little segment in and amongst itself, um, I want to kind of talk about just the shape that we played. I think it was almost like a four three three. That was quite interesting. I don't think it really worked. I think Mason Mount looked okay, but, you know, Mount this season has been a bit of shaky form. Um, Trills, what did you think when you saw the lineup? Because I think, let me, I'll even start the lineup because we literally had no fullbacks. So we had Edward Mendy in goal, Trevor Shelobar at right back, Christiansen, Rudiger, and then Saar at left back, Kante, Jorginho, and Mason Mount in midfield, Ziyech, Havertz, and Timo Werner. When you saw that lineup, how are you feeling? Did you think, oh, no, it's one of them ones where it's going to be an absolute mess? Or are you still fairly confident that, you know, despite everything, we should get the win? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, that's that's how I always feel. It's like we got the best, one of the best managers in the world, Thomas Tuchel. I knew, I, the first thing I always do, if I'm not happy with the lineup, is look at the bench. If you've got players to bring on, then I just think, who do we have another game midweek? Is he trying to rest players? Once I see that, that's the case. I'm not worried anymore. I just think, you know what, even if we start slow, Tuchel will wake them up somehow with either changes or just his words or tactics and it will happen. And that's what happened. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I was watching the game and I was thinking, oh, Timo Werner starting. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm not like a, well, I don't like Werner. But I think he's very, very poor at football. Um, but the biggest problem for me was that I knew Timo Werner in playing there will kind of get in the way of Havertz. I feel like Havertz likes to, to roam, but that middle area, um, 
where he makes those penetrative runs, I was thinking, oh no, he's not really going to get enough of it. He's not going to see enough of it. Um, and that kind of kind of ran through. Timo Werner was getting in his way, running into his zones, running into his areas. Um, and Timo technically is the most limited player I've probably seen wear a Chelsea shirt. I don't think I've seen a player as limited as Timo Werner on the ball um, that played for Chelsea. I, I don't really know. It's it's insane how he gets to play football. Obviously, um, Pulisic was out ill and Hudson Odoi was out injured. So that's probably why he got a bit of minutes in the last couple of games. But he's just not good enough. I, I really can't wait until we sell this guy because he's horrible, basically. But on to the Kai Havertz um, magic. Um, clutchy, clutchy. Bro, do you know what it is, yeah? We talk about, and on this pod, we've talked about Kai Havertz's movement in comparison to Romelu Lukaku, who's static. Funnily enough, Romelu Lukaku was on the pitch when Havertz actually scored that goal. And you could see in moments before the goal um, where Havertz should have scored that header, the difference in the level of their movement, where Havertz is always active, always on the move, always trying to get his head on and body on the end of things. Whereas Lukaku just stands there, sits there, points, oh, pass it here, pass it here, after that, it's happened like two seconds too late. He's just, yeah, the, the levels. Um, Jay, what do you think we get in terms of, in terms of like a difference of quality, what do you think we get with Havertz playing as this nine? We don't really want to call it a false nine, even though it is, but what yeah. do you think you from Havertz when you play in that position. Yeah, no, nah, that's a good point about the nine thing just before I start because, like, I feel like I'm done with the whole false nine thing. I'm done with this whole he's a 10, but he can play right wing, but he can do it. Bro, I'm telling this from now, yeah. When I watched Kai and even from last, last season, the end of last season, I said to myself, you know what? This guy is just a nine that can just do everything. He's a nine that can do everything, bro. And in, in this modern modern day now, like football, yeah, this modern era of football, like, I feel like you're going to get a lot more players like this. You, you're going to start to see a lot more players that can do everything whilst playing as a striker. The only thing I'd say about Kai is like, you can see why it takes him a little bit of a while to get into, into gear and into form because he's like one of those players that he feeds off confidence, he feeds off consistency. And so I think what he gives us, he gives us complete control on the ball. I think when that ball goes up top, even for somebody that's not really, you know, his forte isn't really like back to goal striker, but ask him to do it and he does it well. Do you get what I'm saying? You fizz the ball into him, the first touch is going to be calm. You know that. Yeah. And you might even get a little spin and yeah. he starts driving up defenders. You know what's crazy? <laughs> How about this hold up and link up is far better than Lukaku's. Far. Oh. Lukaku's like 6'4", built, you know, and yeah. he, he gets moved to all the time, all the time. Havertz actually puts up a battle. Like, you won't, okay, even with that red card, the potential red card incident, Lukaku don't get in that situation. No. Lukaku's not getting in that situation. Why? Because Lukaku doesn't actually fight. He doesn't fight. He's not up for it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. let, me, let me not interrupt you again, Jay. Sorry. No, no, it's calm, man. And I just feel like as well, like, even when they do get too physical, eventually he will come out with some sort of cuteness or some sort of intelligent play that you're just not the level for. Like, he just that, he's that level of player where I just think, cool, you might be beating him physically in the game, which Byrne was, by the way. Byrne had an excellent game. 
an excellent game. Like against against Kai Havertz, that game, Agreed. majority of the game. But you see Kai Havertz, what he ended up doing was he ended up showing the levels, and that was it. That was it. That one moment, yeah. You've had you you've had a ten out of ten game, Burn. You've had a ten out of ten, yeah. But you see Kai Havertz, when when there's quality like that on the pitch, that's what can happen. It's insane. It's that's insane. What, he stopped. Yeah, and he yeah. stopped. Basically, I feel like. The way that the game was going, he was getting the ball to feet quite a lot. And he was getting contested in aerial duels for knockdown and stuff. And that ball over the top was there a couple of times. And it weren't, you know, he weren't being found with a run. Mm, Werner, had, think, Werner had one. Sorry to cut you. Yeah. Off. Werner uh, had one, didn't he? And it bounced off his yeah, knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Werner had one over the top, bounced off his knee. I thought if that was Kai, he's, he's getting that under control and scoring. Mm, um, but then I think once, once, what I saw was once Mount came off, Jorginho had a lot more of the ball, like more time and space on the ball. Because mm. Kovacic started to sit in with Kante and then Jorginho started playing these beautiful passes. Like all of a sudden, oh, Jorginho that play, bro. Um, and that, that the passes that Jorginho was doing, like when Mount came off and Kovac came on, incredible, incredible. And that, that pass is one of the best passes you'll see in a long time. Over the top, arcing over Dan Burns' head, who lost his bearings entirely. Havertz peeled off of him because he did that physical... And that, that little stutter to move, because it, it, that actually throws Burn off. And then it just... The control. Oh, my God. That's Burkamp. That's Burkamp tech. That's Burkamp level tech. That's incredible. And then, and then the finish with nonchalance on the outside of his foot. Unreal, unreal, and it's like the fitting of Kai Havertz's form right now. Like I've always believed he's a top player. I've always, always been a fan. Always backed him to the hilt because I knew the type of ability, the type of quality that he brings. But everyone now is starting to rate him because of these goals. Do you think it's a bit ridiculous that he not necessarily changed? Do you think he's actually improved in terms of the way he plays the game? Or yes, one million percent. Or do you think he's getting the goals now? And it's because I think early in the season, his performances were really good, but he went off the boil, but he wasn't scoring the goals. That's the problem. I think a lot of people are being, you know, they're ignoring the volume of work that he gets through and the work he does, but they're thinking, oh, he's not scoring the goals. And, and I just felt like if you keep playing him, he'll get the goals eventually, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, sorry, Je I think it was you, Charles, you were about to say. What do you think that it's... Um, uh, a change in performances from him, or yeah, do you think? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, go on. No, I'm saying, do you think it's a change in, in performances? Do you think he's improved in performances, or do you think he's just getting the goals to go along with the performances that he's had as a false nine? I think it's the latter. I definitely think I, I wouldn't say it's about false nine. I just think Thomas Tuchel he has a system, he has a formation. You know, he 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 has certain requirements he wants from his players. I told people after that, well, before the Real Madrid game, Thomas Tuchel spoke to Havertz about his physicality. He said, look, in the Prem, you've got to up it. You've got to be hungry. You've got to battle. I just see this. I remember I told you that last week, I seen him throwing himself into Sergio Ramos. He's gotten more physical. He wants the ball. He's more hungry. The only thing left to come was goals. I can't lie. I just think this number nine shirt is cursed. You go up top and you don't wear nine. You're due to, you're like, you're due to have a chance at performing. Werner, you know, he missed a lot of chances, but he had a chance. And you wear number nine, I just think it's not going to go well for you. So I'm, I'm happy for Habits. Do you, know, do you know what it is? Um, if I could just come in there. 
I'm I'm not sure that the level of his performances has changed so much. I think when we saw him on form in periods last season um, and earlier this season, in terms of level performance, I, I don't think he's changed that much. I just think, um, as we often see with young players, sometimes it's about putting putting that together with with goals. So I think he's spoken about his desire to score more. Um, and since you know the Club World Cup final, I think he's. He's had a, a, an increase in confidence to go with that. Um, I think last, I remember he was coming to a nice bit of form um, when he broke his finger at Spurs. Um, and the thing with Kai is he's always gotten chances. Um, with, with the movement he has, when he's on song, he always gets chances. But I feel like parts of last season, he just he, he, would, he just wouldn't put them away. Um, and it wasn't that he was um, firing the ball over the bar or... There was just, there wasn't that, that he didn't see as, as, yeah, there wasn't that ruthlessness, ruthlessness. Um, and that's why I love yeah. the, the, the Norwich goal. That so, conviction, yeah, that conviction, that's, that's the word, conviction. that's yeah. the word, conviction. That's why I love the, the Norwich goal so much because he was like, have that, like, you want, you want a goal? Have that. Mm. And for me, like, sometimes that, that's, that, it, it can just take a run of form like this for things to click. Um, and I think I think maybe we're we're seeing that start to happen for for Kai. Um, in terms of general performance, listen, he we always knew he was good on the ball. Um, we always knew he had a he he was good playing with his back to goal. Um, and I really like the way he drops into spaces. You, you'll see like when Jorginho has the ball. Um, usually, what will happen is there'll be a press on, um, and you'll see Kai sort of drift into the center circle in between the um, defense and the midfield a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and look to receive the ball, and then he can turn on it and playing playing people um so i think um now he's starting to put all those things together whereas in one game he'd have a a good game uh, with his back facing the goal but wouldn't get into the area um or he drift out wide i feel like now um he's putting together these performances and listen i, I hope it continues from here because there, there, there's a player in there to, to add to what you're saying jerry as well i think another thing that people don't don't actually um like I think people, a lot of people tend to forget, like definitely not the rival fans, but I think some Chelsea fans do tend to forget that. Kai actually doesn't have the luxury of playing well in terms of like the way he plays an all-round game really well. He'll have a really good performance, but he doesn't have the luxury of the two other attackers that are playing with him also being in that type of form. And and the reason why I say like, if you look at like a, like a Liverpool or a City, you have, you have one guy doing a lot of work up top. There's, the chances are there's another guy that's probably going to be like close close to the same kind of form. That's that's probably going to take advantage of the space that he's making for you. The, the like there's someone's going to be running in behind when he drops deep to try and play a through ball. Like we don't. I, I feel like we lack that. Obviously we we know what attack what our attack's been like. You know he's not going to have Werner doing that same kind of putting up at same kind of level of performance next to him. I think Mount Mount has been a little bit like inconsistent up top as well. Um, then you've got Lukaku, who when he's when he's had games to work with him, it's just looked non-existent. So like when people are like, oh, like what do you mean Kai has played well? I think the reason why people people don't see it is because when they look at his performance, they're tr- they're trying to look at what's what's come of it. Do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, because our other attackers are not really doing much. Yeah, it's often that nothing's happened. It's, it's yeah. that's often the case. Like nothing's happened, and then it's been like a you know maybe a Reece James Worldy or something like that, and then that takes the headline, 
and then it's like right like what did Kai do do you know what I mean but I feel like I feel like with I feel like what football 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 fans are starting to watch watch games through FB ref and who scored and you know Shoffer score they watch games through that because they don't because they don't understand it it's not even maybe not even understand they're just not seeing and appreciating the type of work that some players go through and I feel Kyle Havertz and before his goals, a lot of his work was just being underrated. You know, back in the day when there used to be a time where people used to say, oh, John Obi Mikel, what does he do? You know what I'm saying? A lot of that happens with Kai. I feel like they don't see the, the level of pressing, the work rate, the way he knits things together. Generally, when Chelsea play with Havertz, we look super fluid. And in fact, our record with Havertz on the pitch, when Havertz plays as a false nine, our record is actually incredible. If I remember correctly, we've only lost... I don't think we've lost the game when Havertz plays as a false nine. I don't think we've actually lost the game. I think, apart from the Liverpool penalty shootout, I don't think we've actually lost the game. We've drawn... Um, one, I think we've drawn two games and the rest we've won when Havertz plays as a false nine. That is insane. That's insane. And it shows you, like... I asked the question, did we need Lukaku? In the summer, I asked, do we need Lukaku? T- today, I'm still asking, do we need Lukaku? Because I've always believed that we don't need him. Like, we have Havertz, we have Bro- Brugia. I just didn't ever believe that we needed him. But it's just a bit of a mess. Obviously, Tuchel stopped playing Lukaku. I don't really know where he goes from here, to be perfectly honest. It's a bit of a mess, a, bit, a big waste of money. I'm just glad that now Tuchel's seen it and just dropped him out entirely because he's not starting the Kaku in a do, do you think it's that? Because I, I personally think it's this whole owner change because we've seen it time and time again where managers are forced to play the big money signing by the board. We've seen it with Torres. We've got Ancelotti. Oh, oh, okay. Chills. Okay, okay, okay. Because I think this is all speculation, right? Let me, let, me, let me ask you this. What makes you think that these managers were forced to do anything. Well, certain leaks at the club, certain statements that were said, and it's clear to see because before all of this happened, Lukaku was playing. Okay, what what I would say, and, and okay, and now questions. Let me, let me, okay, let me let me just respond to that for one second. And the reason why I'm going to say I don't agree is because. He, Lukaku was dropped after the Crystal Palace game, I believe it was, where he only managed six, seven touches. Mm. And that was when Tuchel was like, it's absolutely not good enough. So that was how that happened then. And that was before the um, Abramovich sanctions. That was before change of ownership was happening. So I can't buy that. I can't buy that. I think Lukaku, honestly, Tuchel didn't want to destroy the relationship, even though Lukaku did everything he could to do so, you know? And he wanted to give it an opportunity he wanted to kind of um, allow Lukaku to try and fight his way back into form because he spent a lot of money on it. He's the one that told the board and asked the board to buy him. Um, and then ultimately, um, he just recognised that, no, he's actually hampering the team. So there's, no, there's actually no point in playing him. And I think that's really what's happened. I don't think it's anything to do with, um, anything to do with Roman pressuring um, Tuchel, because Tuchel is definitely his own man, and I don't think Tuchel is going to be the one to be forced to do anything. No. Maybe, I, maybe I, not. Maybe pressure is the wrong word, but 
I, I'd, I'd put it to you like this. I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't going on, if we were seeing Lukaku get more game time, along with Havertz, because of his form. So that may have, that may have led to us seeing Havertz being forced to play on the right of Lukaku, or him and Lukaku up top, or him trying to even get the best out of both of them. Because remember, when Tuchel came, he, it was his job to get the, be- the best out of Havertz and Timo Werner, the board signings. That was his job. Hey, Chills, so, do you know what I think it is, to be honest with you? you remember how you said um, that Tuchel had these certain things that he wanted from Kai? Uh-huh. He's got a bunch of things that he needs from Lukaku that he ain't been doing, bro. Like, real talk. Yes. He ain't been pressing. Like, we, bro, we saw the numbers the other day. Like, like the numbers were there. Like, un- like literally so unacceptable. Like, yeah, embarrassing. Unacceptable, bro. Like, Kai Havertz is doing nearly double in touches. He's doing almost 3K more than him. Like, wow. bro, this, like if, if you're talking about um, what, what um, Tuchel wants from his players, mm. out of anybody in the squad, I can guarantee you, including Kennedy, yeah? Including Kennedy. I, I, I put it to you like this, yeah? Kennedy is probably closer to fulfilling the requirements that Tuchel needs from him to start than Lukaku is right now. Big facts. Because, because Lukaku facts. is so off it in terms of what we need up top from the striker that we need up top. Like, I, I, thought, I think Tuchel gave him half a season and he said, listen, I've given you half a season to work yourself into this. We're now, we're now in March. Damn. He's almost done. Gone. It's not even confidence, bro. I think it's just he's a lazy player. I just, I just don't think he's got the capacity to do certain things. And as a result, you just get a mess. And I think it's a mess. You know, I think, I think honestly, it's just that. I think Lukaku, I want him to go because he had no business coming back here. He had no business coming back to the Prem. He had no business, you know, he just had no business here because honestly, he just messed up his reputation. In in Italy, he was respected. Over here now, everyone's calling into question, why is he here? People are saying that he's not good enough. People are saying that, you know, oh, imagine a striker doesn't actually do the work or doesn't move. It's all true. Lukaku doesn't move. In Italy, you could benefit from, you know, being bigger and faster than everyone, but in this PM Prem, don't work like that. <laughs> I just think he's got... He's, I just think he, he's only good in, in smaller teams where they have less ball and it's all counter-attacking, all running at the goal. Yeah. Because when you look at his, his goals that he got at Inter, most of them, it was 3v2. Transitional play. Yeah. Yeah. But in, then I ask you this. They're suffering the same curse. It's, yeah, but then, I, but then I ask you this. Then I ask you this. Does Lukaku even look fast to you? In this PM Prem, does he look fast to you? It's power. It's weird. It's weird. He's just powerful. So he looks it and he can push people away. Uh, I don't let even me, think, I, me, can't lie I don't me, think the happy looks either fast or strong, especially let, in this league. Let me ask you guys this. Do you see a difference between the Lukaku now and the one that was that came in at the start of the season? Yes. In terms, in terms uh, yes. of physicality, yes. pace. In terms in terms of hunger and desire, absolutely. Yeah. But but that lasted a hold of four games. You know that, right? That 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 aggression and hunger lasted all of four games. Because in I remember it it was um he played well in the Arsenal game, played well in the Aston Villa. He he had a a, a a spell of games where he was only getting the one chance and he was putting it away. And I said at that time, absolutely unsustainable because you can't be doing that. It's just not gonna work. 
You know what I mean? It's just not going to It's going to make no sense because he's going to get games where he's just not going to get chances. And people used to ask, why is he not getting chances? And I always used to say, because his movement's poor. And lo and behold, everyone is now recognising that this guy's movement is actually not good enough. And I think initially, like, like, obviously everybody expected him to, you know, hit the round running the way he did and obviously for it to carry on. But I think, like you said, Meads, like, there was a couple of games where he did look like he was kind of like not really involved that much. And then out of nowhere, he just got a goal. And that, yeah. kind, of, that kind of kept the belief going that, right, like this, this might be like the Lukaku that might get 20 plus goals. And then yeah. all of a sudden, the goals disappeared. And this is why I, I think eventually it was always going to come back to Kai. And in my heart, I, 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 in my head, I knew that as well. Like I, I, I always said, eventually when this guy plays bad enough like and, and the goals don't start coming in, I was like, eventually, Kai Havertz will start. Because just for the pure fact that even if Kai Havertz isn't scoring, he might still be hooping. So, like, there's, there's, there's for that reason alone, I always felt, all right, cool. It's eventually going to come back to Kai Havertz. And yeah. we should you know be what, do you know what I always mean? So, I feel, I feel like in, at the, in the first couple of games, when he was getting um, the odd chance a game... Um, I think a lot of a lot of the the discourse around the time was um, he just hasn't found uh, the the rhythm with with his teammates that he hasn't played enough to form connections with them the, the partnerships aren't working yeah and we tried a lot of different partnerships with Lukaku um, and you know none of them have really seemed to work um, I think if you think back to even let's 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 look at Kai last season um, as much as he wasn't um, gelling hundred percent with Everyone, there were little link ups. Like you, you knew every time uh, Cho and Kai played together, there was a little something going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, later on in the season, he developed quite a good relationship with Mount, mm-hmm. and that actually we're seeing that 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 carry on this season. Um, I remember the, the hat trick he got. Um, there was that that link up with Tammy, which was really um, good. It's true. So I think I think as in as much as Lukaku had his struggles and he had to gel with the team, I think also. Listen, partnerships is, is a two-way street. Um, what you get depends on what you give. And I think I've, I've, I've been shocked, to be honest with you, um, that someone so experienced um, so far into their career has played in four or four different, three or four different leagues. Um, I'm, just, I'm just surprised he, he hasn't done more to make it work. And yeah, you can talk about um, the way we played, the difficulties about playing with a low block. But if you look at, if you look at the the, the type of uh, runs Lukaku makes, um, it's a very specific type of run. So he only wants it um, in behind into space. And do you know what? Or to, to 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 play devil's advocate and to to back to back up Lukaku, there are opportunities to play him in, and there are runs he makes that are good runs. But and the ball doesn't get played, and whether that has a demoralizing effect to to further runs. Um, listen, he's a big man. Like those, you can't just make, you can't just make what, one, one type of run. You can't just make one type of run and not get a ball and say, okay, I'm not. I'm done. That's my yeah, lot. I was about yeah. to say, I'm like, look, you're giving them a bit um, of a, a too much of a blind for this big man that you know is experienced. Costs a hundred million pounds. If the ball don't come once, you can't bitch and moan. Make that run again, like. And and honestly, I can count on one hand how many times he makes the run. So I, I don't, I can't buy it. I can't back it. I want to back it because I, I want it. I, you know, Chelsea fan, all that. I, I want it. 
I think the biggest reason why I think I'm disappointed is that as even as a striker, if I was a striker and I was playing in that Chelsea team, even if I knew we were more defensive than we are attacking, if like if that's what he initially thinks or whatever, I don't know what he thinks, but I'm just saying, even if he thought the worst about, you know, oh, you know, it doesn't suit an attacker's game. The fact is, we have the ball for the majority of the game. So you should that, that alone, for that for that fact alone, you should you should want to get involved and and you know keep making the runs because you know we got the ball. It would be a different like I'd have more sympathy if you was playing in a team where we hardly had the ball and we couldn't get the ball and we couldn't keep the ball. Do you know what I mean? But like we got the ball, bro. Like, well, I, I think I think this season, sorry to cut you off, Jermaine, but just quickly, this season I think in terms of sustained pressure in the opponent's half, <coughs> sorry. Um, I think we've done that less. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, for me, you know what? Even if, he de- even if he decided, listen, I'm just there to play within the width of the box and just clap goals. So, anything else, I'm not interested. I'd, my, be, fi- I'd be fine with that if that's, that's the way the team played. But there seems to be such a disconnect between what the rest of the players are doing and what he wants to do. And for me, if I was playing in a team and... I, I just want to be in the box. I want to. I want to be putting in Reese James crosses, Alonso crosses. You can see there is an effort to to to, to play those crosses more. When Lukaku comes on, you can see Alonso is looking, and more often than not, he'll play the he'll play the cross. But the quality just isn't there. But with the rest can of the I team, ask this quickly, as, can I ask as, one question? Um, just you say that obviously there's we've been finding it difficult to sustain. Why do you think that is? I think that's because of Lukaku. I don't think it's because of anyone else. I think we found it difficult to sustain attacks because Lukaku's terrible hold-up play. Terrible. Terrible touch. Yeah, I think that's really been it. I think that's a lot... (coughs) Excuse me. If you recognise over the last couple of games, we've been able to sustain pressure in matches consistently. Um, And that's largely because Kai Havertz has been playing, not Lukaku. I think it's so clear. The ball never sticks with Lukaku. It, it, it's so evident. And I don't think it's necessarily a two-pools change of tactics. I just think Lukaku's playing now and, well, was playing. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think it's a big difference. Big difference in approach. And I think when you play with high volume, high energy, high intensity, it's easier for you to maintain the ball. I think when you're playing, when you're barely moving, of course you're not going to be able to hold the ball up and link, your, link with players and form a connection with players. It's just, yes, it's just not good. It's not good. Yeah, um, uh, I want, uh, sorry, Jay, I'm going to let you finish your point, actually, and then we're going to move on to the next. I just, before before we moved on, I just wanted to raise um, two points. So, first of all, we need to talk about Trev. Um, no, and second of all, um, I just, this thing that we have as a team of sort of raising our level to the level of the opposition, um, so first, first, first on about Trev. Um, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know what is going on with that guy. Um, he seems intent on giving away a, pen, a penalty every match. Um, and do you, do you know what? Like when when he's when he's one v one, I think that's where the, the problem area is. Um, it seems like he's panicking. Like I, I don't know. Like when um, was it was it Murphy was going past him. Um, he was just nibbling at him. And just, yeah. Just didn't, he didn't, didn't really need to do it. Like, Pulling his shirt in this yeah, area. It's so unnecessary. And you know what? Because he's so, he looks so calm and composed. I thought to myself, oh, like, 
it doesn't look like he's panicking, but I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and you know what? He's he's only recently back from injury, and this has kind of been it's kind of been evident only since he came back from injury. But I I don't understand what, what's happened to him. Like, yeah, he looks very re- like a player that was so short, didn't really make errors. You know, defensively very very solid. One v one, he like was doing well with his duels. Yeah, he's come back and he doesn't look quite the same. And obviously, he's still a young player, so I feel like we need to give him some grace. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, no, he's not good enough for Chelsea, when he's quite clearly shown that he is. Um, it's just the, there's a rashness that's crept into his game over the last few weeks. And um, quite rightly, you did point out that he's just got back from injury, and I think that's probably... Um, it's coincided with that. So it's just a shame, really. Um, but ultimately... The worst thing is he performs well and then has those kind of little moments where you're just yeah. like, what? The bozo no, moment. Yeah, the bozo moment. Don't kill yeah. me. <laughs> it's too much, too much time with Uncle Rudiger. It's crazy. I feel like over time, you'll, I think you'll get better. You'll improve. I just, you're right. I feel like there is a bit of a shakiness with him. Um, and obviously, Christiansen got injured the other day and it's just like, ah. Oh. Not really ideal, you know what I mean? I feel Christiansen's been very fragile this season, which is not He's always like that. He's always like that. I actually think Christensen's been rash as well. I think he's recently, he's like, there's a few fouls he's been giving away that I've just been looking at. Like, why Like, why did you do that? Like, against against Lille, um, there was one where he, get, he, um, he tried to nip in. He was in the middle of the box. Um, and he tried to nip in where there was no need. Like, he was obviously not going to get the ball. And he's been doing this thing where, like, when he's contesting for headers, he'll be all over the player. Um, I think there's a line. So in terms of that line, I'd say Aspie toes that line really well between yeah. what's a foul and just pestering the opposition. And yeah. I feel like both Christensen and Trev um, need to get in the classroom with Aspie because, listen, th- those... In terms of the last few games, most chances the opposition have had is what we've given them. Um, and as we get into the the, the more important games, it's, it's eventually it's going to come and cost us. Um, so I think um, those two definitely need to calm down uh, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I feel Christians have not been bad. In fact, I think Christians have been quite faultless. Um, ah, whoa. Yeah, I can't lie. I can't lie. I think he's been quite faultless. I don't really, I can't really cite any games where he's been really, really poor for me. Where I just look at it and I think, yeah, he's not played well. In terms of general performance, no, not, not general performance, but just there's, there's these moments where I feel um, he just needs to, to pull it back a little bit. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I guess I can kind of move on to the match, the midweek match. Yeah. Against Lille, second leg, we're up 2 0 going into that game. Um, I was fairly confident, you know, um, with the goal scoring exploits of um, Kai Havertz. I was fairly sure that we'd win the game, but it didn't plan out how I thought it would. Um, Jay, bro, <laughs> the pressure that they put us under, under was insane. Insane. All right? The atmosphere was crazy too. So, yeah, the players look rattled. What did you think of that first half? Bro, I was so shocked, like, in terms of, um, like, how how well they played against us in the first half. And the reason why I said that is because when I saw, 
you know, when I saw cover Jorginho and Kante, I said, all right, cool. First, first leg, they they had like a little bit of joy in the midfield at times, and they looked they looked like they were, you know, they looked kind of dangerous. I think obviously um, Renato Sanchez was playing that game as well. I don't think he had as great as game as what people were saying, but he did have like some good moments in the game. Um, and I just remember them having a lot of energy in the midfield. I think their wingers were were also quite on it. So I, I thought he put them in there to kind of um, still pressure them, but you know, having those three in there, you, you're able to kind of let Cover and Kante go and do what they need to do and 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 press and still have Jorginho shielding and then screening, sorry. And then you still got like that defensive, you know, foundation of the three at the back as well. So I just thought like, all right, cool. We're just going to be solid. And the gaps, there shouldn't be too many gaps. But it was like, it was like the opposite, bro. <laughs> I felt like, the, the, I felt like it was just open. And I, I just didn't understand it. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that as well was because of that disconnect that we have when we play that free, is it what? It's three five two basically. And it's like just Pulisic and Havertz up front. Yeah. But, but the gap between mm. them and the midfield, it causes such an issue, bro. Because we can't we can't keep the ball. The ball's not sticking. And then yeah. you know, when we get the ball in midfield, it's like they're so you know, they're so far from each other that it's it's just breaking down. So I think everything was just going for a little in the first half, in my opinion. And I think they, they to be honest, they played really well, like high energy. Um Obviously, they had to because they were two 0 down. But they were even like they were quite decent with the ball as well. From what yeah, I so. yeah. I, I feel like whenever we play that three five two with that midfield three, very problematic because we lose the connection between the attack and the midfield. And obviously, Mason Mount has really been in pretty shoddy form of late. So I could understand the reason why he was dropped, but. I feel like that it was like a needless ploy um, from Tuchel because in the end it gave uh, it gave Lille the impetus and they really were onto us. Their midfield two really dominated, and um, honestly, we were very lucky to actually well only be one behind um, with the Yilmaz um, penalty. Um, but at the same time. Once we kind of got the shape correct, I think obviously the first, the, the, the goal from Pulisic was once again, another Jorginho pass, which was excellent outside of the foot again uh, into the path of Pulisic. We didn't really play football that, that half. I think we just sat, a lot of it was just really backs to the wall and just messy. Um, and it, yeah, it didn't help. Obviously, Christensen got injured and then Chaloba came on and just, he looked rash and messy, clumsy. Um, and that midfield three didn't look good. The only player that really looked decent was Kovacic, really. Um, Kovacic looked pretty good, in my opinion. Um, and he came off for Mason Mount, which I'm hoping it ain't an injury. But, yeah, it's just, it, it just looked quite messy. The second half looked a lot better. Mason Mount, for me, played really, really well. Um, well, OK, not really well. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But he brought energy. He connected the midfield in the attack, as he usually does. Um, and he brought on, he brought on an amazing assist for Aspilicueta for the third goal. Um, but yeah, it's, it was just the atmosphere was intense. I didn't ever feel comfortable in that game. Um, I think over there was maybe about a 15 minute period where you know we, in fact, it was the third goal that looked really great. Obviously, we played well, we kept the ball well, but I felt like there were just spells where Lille could have easily got back into the game. Jerry, like, what did you think? Um, 
Where did you think Tuchel kind of got it wrong? Because he even himself said that he didn't, he felt tact- tactically he got it wrong. Well, we can go to Charles. Um, I think with Tuchel, it's, you've got to just leave it with him. Like A lot of managers have these sort of games, like a lot, a lot of them, when they've got to rotate the squad, think about the upcoming fixtures and He's probably seen it as look, we're one, we're we're already winning the tie. Just hold out whilst we can, you know, let the people who need a break get the break. Hold out as long as you can. I'll change it up second half. The only mistake was the formation. Go mm-hmm. revert to this three-five-two that he knows doesn't work. Maybe probably he does it every time he thinks, you know what, we're going to be under a lot of pressure. That's why he tried it against City, and it, it always it, something always happens. We we don't consider a goal that, you know, they cut through us. But these sort of things happen in football. We concede it via a penalty because of utter madness in the box. We're just lucky that Pulisic and, and Jorginho are able to do something that they rarely both do. You know, Jorginho, all of a sudden now, he's rediscovered the, the fact that a regista can, you know, pay for, forward uh, through balls. And his, his forward uh, through balls of late have just been pure clutch and coming off uh, he hit one to Werner. That's the one where he bubbled off his knee. I mean, if Werner just tucks that down and finishes it. That's another one. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he's been definitely been a lot more braver. Yeah, we couldn't hear you before. Um, yeah, he's definitely been a lot more brave with his passing. Um, but I think he's been finding a lot more space to kind of exploit that. Um, most definitely, Jerry. What did you think of Tuchel's admission of? you know, fault when it came to the tactical setup of the game. Do you know what? I think it's fantastic. Um, obviously, one of his biggest, um, one of his biggest plus points for me is, is obviously the way he speaks. Um, and, you know, he, he, he he's never afraid to put his hand up and say, um, listen, I, I got this one wrong. Um, for me, like, it, it's refreshing definitely to have a manager like that. Um, and, it's definitely one of the things that that has made him such a a popular figure with Chelsea fans. I think going into that game, I think maybe the shift to the three five two was maybe an indication of um, sort of the psychology that that he he went into the game with. Um, I remember when we played City and he he went to three five two after the game. He said he held his hands up and said, "You know what? Um, this was it was my fault. It was too defensive." Um, and there was obviously a disconnect. So for me, going into this game with that previous knowledge, and the fact that he's done it again, um, I think he, I think he wanted to to show up the midfield. I wanted, I think he wanted to make it um, difficult for for Leo to get us. And I think he just wanted to see the game out. Um, I remember last the last game, obviously, um, they were countering on us. Um, obviously, they had Renato Sanchez at the time, but those counter attacks they were just cutting through our. Our, our team or they're cutting through our midfield and I think he he wanted to prevent that um also you have three midfielders who are playing quite well at the moment um Jorginho Kova has been absolutely hooping this season um yeah. Kante oh, that dribble run he went on oh yeah, my goodness that was fun that's proper champagne football man that's what I love to see but um I think for me the, the best thing about it is he he recognized his mistake. He made the change. There's no there's no waiting about. And immediately when he made the change, you could see, um, even in the pressing, there was just there's a, 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 a there's a lot more balance. The team seemed a lot more comfortable with the formation. And yeah. I think it's no it's no surprise that from then on we just control the game. Yeah, I think the the lack of um 
sorry, but I think the lack of uh, wing backs at the moment is, I think it really bothers Tuchel. I think sometimes when he wants to change things up, he he, he can't really. Um, I think he tries to think of these other ways of doing things because of just like the lack of quality that we have in terms of backup for, for the wing back area. <laughs> do you know what we need to do, Jermaine? Bad, bro. Like next season. Next season, we need to go into the season Southgate style. Three right backs, three right wing backs, three left wing backs. <laughs> Listen, because I was watching it, yeah, and I was thinking, oh, you know what? This 3-5-2 wouldn't be so bad if you actually had, like, wing but yeah, because because then at least, because there was a lot of times, as always, Meads, Meads would know that we, uh, I don't know how many times we had this conversation, but every time <laughs> comes over to the left, bro, and you've got this... Bit, this bag of space, and to be fair to Alonso, leading up to this game, he's, he'd actually had that a few. I think he'd had like a couple of decent games. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't. I, I didn't feel too too mad about him playing. Like he, he probably deserved to play coming back from COVID or whatever. But like it's just what he can, what he's actually capable of doing, and it's not a lot, especially when you've got all that space to run into, and the ball comes over to the left. So Chelsea will work it from from right to left, no problem, no issues. But when we get to the left, and all the space is there. Like they're just, they're, we just ain't got the guys to just make those runs or beat a man and and attack the space with like proper pace and and just it's just so, we're just lacking so much in that area at the moment. So I just think when you play that formation, not only do we look more defensive because obviously we we're one attacker down, but it's also because our wing backs are just not going to do the job that you you normally have them doing. I think you see it with Brighton a lot. Brighton only played two strikers at times sometimes they might play like Welbeck and Morpai or something and then you've got Tam- you've got Lamptey and flipping um, Kukuela just doing runs for days bro because that's their attackers yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah exactly I feel when you lack that dynamism as wing backs you it's big trouble big big problems basically big trouble big they problems they just they just pushed us back and said you know what we don't even care about your wing backs like that in terms of threat wise we're, we're there's no threat there. There's no threat there. But obviously, when you change a shape, that's where the wing backs become spare. And that's how Aspie's third goal came about because you're worrying about the man in the, uh, the, man in the box, but Aspie comes in late and then bangs it in. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I, I guess too cool. I, I feel like he's such a breath of fresh air. Like, and I want to give him his flowers because this guy, honestly, I don't, I don't think we'd go any... I don't think... I don't think there's another manager in world football that would be able to handle this situation like he is because this is just insane. You know? I, f- I feel like it's, it's much bigger than a lot of us are even taking in because to actually have the composure, the commitment, the way he speaks about the club, the way that he kind of protects the club as well, protects our interests and also without just... Because I know some managers also have some self-interests themselves, um, but he just seems to be a man that handles any ridiculous question well, anything that's thrown at him, he'll do it. You know what I mean? I know. If it was Jose, this guy would have got our club administrated by just saying F the government, something silly. Brother, brother. And, and like, the way Tuchel does it, like, he's like, well, I think you're not really going to be focusing on on other things. Rather than doing the explicitaries, which he could easily do, honestly, because um, I do think that some of the treatment that we've had hasn't really been fair, but we move. Um, yeah, it's just, it's mad. Like, two-course handling of the situations has been 
incredible. And I, I've always believed that this guy will be our best ever manager. But now I just think that this is just just something else. He's just got something else to him, really. Honestly. It's 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 just the way he, like every question. Um, I mean, aside from the time where he, he, he kind of flipped out at the reporters, it's like every question. He just his response just automatically like de-escalates whatever whatever intentions behind the question whatever whatever trap they're trying to set it's just he de-escalates almost like a politician. He's pressuring yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I like the pun. Yeah, honestly, I feel like, but um, even with that situation with the um, with the journalist asking him silly questions, he's right. He's right. What more do you want him to say? Like, <laughs> like it's actually unfair. Like, what more do you want him to say in these situations? He knows the war's bad. You know, he's. It was just very ridiculous and so, a lot of virtual signaling, and he he wasn't having it. You know what I mean? You know the way the way he acts, though. Yeah, I think looking at it in, with, like with in a in a on a bigger scale as well. I think when you consider like obviously everything that's going on in the world, and obviously in Ukraine, and then you've got everything that's happened with, with our with our owner and then like it's filtered obviously down to the club and everybody getting involved like for top for, for Tuchel to act the way he's acting it, it makes it very hard for you yourself as a player to now be an arsehole do you get what I'm saying exactly, and, exactly. That's what, and I think that's that's why what he's doing there's like an element of genius to it as well because I think the moment you start acting up I just feel like everything else just goes to shit. Facts. But right now, if there was anybody that was keeping this club together, it sounds it does sound a bit mad, but it is probably Thomas Tuchel. Right. Not just because of what he says in the in the media, but also leading up to the game, the way he gets us up for the games. Like he's got fans gassed about going to the game after he said he's gonna drive there and take a yeah. and this. And you're just thinking, you know what, I'm up for this because yeah, it's shit right now, but Tuchel's up for it, so I'm up for it. And the players will be thinking this, the exact same thing. And if we have that attitude until the end of the season, I can... <laughs> I don't want to talk too much, but I can see... I can see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, I hear you. I hear you, bro. I hear you. Because I'm... I'm <sighs> anyway, let's not talk too much. Let's not do that. I'm in trouble. <clears throat> oh, you're nasty. <laughs> No, but speaking of which, so we're through to the obviously quarterfinals of Champions League again. Um, it's crazy because it's, it's kind of becoming a norm for us now. Um, but reached the last last eight. So then, obviously, I asked a question on Twitter the other day. Um, who do you think actually wants to play us? There's no not one. that many. There's not many teams. Who and no who would you than- want to avoid? No one other than City, I think. Really? You don't want a a headache. You want someone who you can comfortably say, home and away, we're going to beat you. Klopp has has burst us. Even he, as as the second favourites in this competition behind City, even he wouldn't want to face us because we've drawn both games with them. Only City can comfortably say, you know what, even if we let them win one tie, we'll comfortably outscore them in the other. I think, I think, you know what? You know what's funny? I think Madrid, yeah, because they're probably gas right now, aren't they? Madrid, Madrid probably want us, yeah, but 
they they don't want us. Though. They don't want us they still. Want us. They don't want us, man. <laughs> like, they want us. I know. I know. Belly and the man they want us. I know they. Nah, do. Madrid don't want us, man. They don't want us. <laughs> I tell you for free, they don't want to. They got absolutely worked last May season. They don't want us. You know and that's what we're going to coach. Hey, do you know how crazy it is that we small boyed Madrid, like Atleti and, and Real, the way we did? And I'm seeing like, and I'm seeing them play this season. And granted, it's a different season, obviously. like They're, they're probably playing a little bit better than they were last season. But like, I ain't watched them in the league or whatever. But what I know is that Atleti ain't turning up to my ground doing, doing all that. But no, no, not like, happening. Them and, them and Madrid. I'm letting them know from early we're organised, yeah. You know we're not, we're, not, we're not doing all this. Our forwards ain't pressing, and uh, our, no, 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 no. Place. our midfielders don't know what they. We know what we're doing. We like don't Madrid, Madrid both Madrids. You don't want to come over here. They both get worked. I, I think Madrid will get worked. Money. Just me. They both get worked, man. I'm, I'm not having it from either of them teams. I don't. I don't rate, but. You know, they dispatched of United. I don't, again, Manchester United are a bit of a mess at the minute. So you can't really reach too much into them. Um, Madrid, that was just football heritage, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that football heritage has got them through still. Mm. Football heritage has got them through that tie because PSG were just a joke. There's a part so, of me that wants Bayern, but I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm. Like, I'm hey, not, I just don't want Bayern. The fixtures, man. I, I still want us to concentrate on the league. I don't want us to have to sabotage our squad too much. That's why I'll take any any easy team right now. Just get me to the next round. Benfica thing. Yeah, bro. Quickly. Easy, man. Don't give us some. Don't give us some troubles, you know. But I trust us. Yeah, I trust us to get through Benfica, no problem. But you know. Yeah, the, 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 uh, I'll just say, listen, like, we if we get through the next two legs, then we can really start dreaming. Because, because for me, next, like, if we can just uh, listen, I, I, like, like Tuka said, no one wants to play us. I think that's the energy we have. That's the energy we have. Semi finals, the final, isn't it? That's that's how, yeah, I'm bro. That's how I'm uh, listen. Just get us, get us into those semis. Once we're in the semis, get us to the semis. You're in trouble. That's it. <laughs> get to the semis. There's certain players that Havertz, Mount, Pulisic. I don't know. They just had this. Right, there's certain Pulisic, man. There's P. Huh? They don't know about. There's certain man. There's certain man that just rise to the occasion. Listen, if Kante hears if Kante hears semi final, he hears semi final and Champions League music. That's it. Yeah. Classic. What, what Classic. Kante, Classic. What Kante was serving up last season was insane. Uh, <laughs> insane. That was just a, a masterclass after masterclass, monster Bro. class after masterclass, brother. Different level. Different level. But here's what it is. We, we'll, see, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Obviously, we've got uh, FA Cup game in the middle of the week, or in the weekend um, against Middlesbrough. Going to be a tough, tough afternoon, but Hopefully we can get there, and I'm hoping this season we break our curse, man, of the of our fi- losing in finals and domestic competitions because it's been a, it's been a bit of a joke, to, to be honest. It's been nasty. I'm saying, oh. and the teams, you know what makes it worse? The teams you've lost it to: Arsenal, Leicester, and Liverpool. Yes, and we've deserved to win all of them. That's what's the worst thing. The Leicester one was sickening because we got cheated by the referees. 
Uh, uh, bro, anyway, let me know. Let me know. Because the cheating that we faced, yeah, has been disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Can you remind me the red for Kovacic in the FA Cup? Oh, my God. Let me just not. It's been horrible. Horrible. The decisions that we've had, terrible. Anyway, like I say, we move. Now, obviously, with, with the furore and the busyness of this week, it's been a bit mad. Now, we've been subject to about four different bids. Um, which is insane considering a lot of people are thinking that Chelsea FC are dusted. Now, all of these bids aren't guaranteeing us to win or guaranteeing them to be a situation where Roman, like Roman, who used to plough in money into the club like without any anticipation or expectation of money coming back. Um, so what, what is your position on a lot of these you know, prospective owners? Because a lot of dirt is coming out on them that they're not really that great of people. Um, so where do you stand on this, Jim? Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go quickly first. Um, it's just funny, like, you know, they've come, obviously they've come for Roman and, and like, and it's, and it's perfectly fine. Like, he's, he's clearly got things that are going on that, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be allowed or whatever. And I don't even know about that, them side of things, but it's just funny how all these owners now as well that are making bids, They've all got this, these things going on behind the scenes and like people are trying to find them so that they can be like, oh, you know, we don't want these owners near us. We don't want these, these owners near us. It just goes to show that none, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's like as clean as what people are trying to say other people are. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's just ridiculous and it's, it's kind of ironic in a way. But in terms of what I've seen so far, um, I know a lot of people are ranting and raving about the Saudis and that. Because <laughs> they got they got hella P, but if if I'm if I'm honest, I don't know a lot about the owners and and who have bid. But what I do want, I know what I want from the owner, and that's just a direction with 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 a lot of balance and but but with still the same kind of ambition that Roman had to a degree. It might not be exactly what Roman had in terms of you know that that proper super mentality to want to like win constantly at whatever cost kind of thing but um I do still want that ambition there from the owner that comes in and I want them to have like this proper long-term project of making Chelsea like the ultimate like self-sustainable club in terms of you know eventually if they can get a stadium built and you know want things to happen like with the academy in terms of a pathway through I just want balance do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to always throw money at things. Sometimes we can take a step back <clears> and do the homework and, and you know, get the young talents in for, like, you know, for low, low amounts. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't always have to spend 100 million. Because I think one of the big things about Chelsea, and which is so funny when fans say, oh, but, you know, your money, your money did this and your money did that. Brother, our big silence never work. Like, our big silence never work. We spend yeah. 70 more. It doesn't work. We spend 100 mil, it doesn't work. Uh, uh, if you look at the signings that have worked, 32 mil, 35 mil. Cheap I think, I think, I think um, Kante, ha, ha, Kante, Hazard, Costa and Sesk came all at prices that a lot of teams could, could, af could afford to pay. Do you understand? A lot of teams could afford to pay their, their fee. And I think even if Chelsea got, got owners in that weren't willing to spend 100 mil, we would still be able to, to to operate in a way where we can still be winners, but we just need to make sure that we're doing the work and we have the teams to do the work because 
that's just one thing that we've lacked. We've just lacked balance in, in all the areas in terms of when you're building a squad. And including that, that includes the manager as well. Like having someone like Thomas Tuchel at the helm for, for a longer period of time. Do you know what I mean? As you know, as, as of like, compared to like when, when we've had managers for like one or two years or, you know, two and a bit years. Like, obviously it's been valid when we've sacked our coaches under Roman. I'm not saying it's, it's been like, you know, completely bad and I, I don't, um, rate what, what we were doing on the Roman but I just think it's, it's a bit silly to also say that there's not there's not some of the ways that the the club was acting in the past that you you didn't like you know what I mean because I think a lot of people had a few things that they didn't like about the way Chelsea operated at times so yeah I just I just want there to be a balance man when they come in but still keeping that winning mentality if you get what I mean yeah I feel like <clears throat> I feel like for me, um, I feel like we need to have the same willing winning mentality and the winning DNA that Tuchel references so rightly. It's a DNA that not only Tuchel knows, it's one that Czech knows, it's one that Mason Mount knows, one that Hudson knows, one that every one of the players that step foot in our club, from the academy to the women's team to players that just transferred here, it's something that they they breathe in. Managers that come in, something that they breathe in. That expectation, that that desire to win, that desire to continue f- to strive for excellence. Obviously, certain clubs have lost that hunger, lost that DNA with certain ownerships and certain changes in direction. I just don't want that to be the case of us. And I think if we get a, a guy who actually cares about Chelsea, who maybe is a fan, ideally a fan. Obviously, I think you could get something. I think you can get something similar to the way Roman ran the club. That doesn't mean that Roman was perfect and faultless, but I think I don't really disagree with too many of his decisions um, over the years. To be perfectly honest with you, so I might be rare. I might be one in the few people who agrees with that. But there are certain things that I, I definitely didn't agree with. But honestly, on the whole, I think mostly I I pretty much agreed with everything that. Roman did in terms of the way he ran the club um, so I'm hoping that we get some similar forms of success but again there's no guarantee even with people buying us for free or what's quoted about three billion pounds um, so Trill what, where, 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 where do you stand on I guess all of these different owners coming in or not even the consortiums would you have a preference whether it's consortium or an individual or where, where, do, you, where do you stand one thing I know is I only speak facts. And what one fact that we all know is money talks. Yeah. Anybody that's trying to tell you good reasons why they should be the owner of Chelsea and all the things they're going to do, that is PR nonsense. We're not a political, political party. I don't need your mm-hmm. PR nonsense. Put the money on the table. Whoever <laughs> puts the most money on the table, I'm listening to. Why are billionaires huddling up together to pay t- 2.5 million? Why do you need 15 men? I don't get yeah. it. Meet Saudi immediate investment. Come and buy the club. Then no talking. Highest money. <laughs> I don't understand why I'm going to listen to, oh, I'm going to get two fans on the board. And, uh, what do I, why do I want Chelsea fans on the board? Who are you going to pick? You're going to pick someone that's going to be in their emotions when they're making important decisions. Oh, please. Can you just buy Hazard back for 60 million? I don't want that type of fan there. I want someone who's coming with money and money will solve every single... There's no problem in football that money won't solve for Chelsea Football Club. You want a director of football? 
a rich person is going to be able to say, you know what, here's the money, go get the best one. And these are the sort of strategic purchases that are needed. A rich person is going to say, you know what, 1.5 debt free right now. Okay, now's the time for me to invest heavily. A, a rich person that's doing consortium, uh, business, mo- business uh, minded, they're going to be saying, oh, 1.5. Maybe we can get nice dividends paid this year. The, the mm. mindset is different. I only want people that have enough money. Don't be all these group billionaires tag teaming to try out just to pay 2.5 billion. Please keep keep that money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Jerry, where, 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 what's your position on this? For me, ultimately, um, I, I don't really care who owns the club in terms of what, what they look like. I, I just care about results. Um, I just, I, I, I can't go through the next 20 years of my life struggling like, like like certain clubs so for me it's just wh- whoever's whoever's picking the actual bidder um i saw a report today that there's 27 um bids or 27 expressions of interest um so 27 bid wait no they can't yeah. i bought 27 expressions of interest okay no problem so so Nizar, so nizar kinsella um about yeah he tweeted that there's 27 um, offers on the table because obviously the deadline is tomorrow so I think the the number of bids has ramped up so obviously that's going to be narrowed down um, for me obviously there's been talk about listening to Saudis and all of that but I think um, Chelsea as an institution um, we're synonymous with success um, where there's just a culture around the club I feel is firmly established I think it'll take a massive change in culture to, to become a club where we're only focused on on the on the bottom line, and for me, unless someone comes in with um, with white wholesale changes, changes everything about the club, um, I, I I don't see that happening. And obviously, that's a worry. Um, we don't know what's going to happen to uh, Marina Granovskaya. We don't know what's going to happen to 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 the rest of the leadership. And ultimately, a lot of our success has come down to to to, to them guiding us through it. Um, so I, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens it's definitely an uncertain time but one thing I, I can't quite seem to reconcile is so they're gonna play they're gonna pay 2.5 billion to buy the club or 3 billion whatever the amount is but where's that money gonna go because if you're buying the club and you're gonna own it you can't pay yourself that money um the money isn't gonna go to a merchant bank because that doesn't really make much sense um, if you're paying 2.5 billion and it's going to go to Chelsea as a, as a as an asset as a business, then that's almost like paying buying something from the shop and the money goes to the thing you bought. It doesn't really make sense. So that's one thing. That's one thing I've been I've been wondering. Money's going to the government, bro. I, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> def- definitely not. Like that can't happen. That bro, can't that's happen. that's what that's what right. That's why people thought we was actually going into administration because no one believed that Roman, which he has done, would green light the government's terms, which is, Roman, you are to sell Chelsea FC and you will not receive a penny of it as you're under sanction. Yeah, basically, the UK government will seize the money. That's that's what's going to happen. That's so nasty. It is. It's probably nasty. And the worst thing is you're giving it to your American friends. It's it's actually a joke. But we moved, man. What what can we say about that? Ultimately... If they believe or they're led to believe that the money is from ill-gotten gains, then obviously they own, and he's owning a, com- a club that's in the UK. I think they they have those rights, unfortunately. Um, it's just a bit of a mess, in my opinion. 
complete and utter mess. But yeah, I thought like we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think obviously deadline day tomorrow, so it's, it's going to be a big day. And I think the rain group will be making the decision. I think, in fact, it's not just the rain group. I think Roman Abramovich will um, also will be having a look as to who would be the best fit for us. The government do not di- dictate, but the government will oversee and see if this Premier League, uh, this new owner would be fit and proper, considering all of the relationships that the UK have with the Saudi government. I'd be very surprised if it was um, blocked in terms of SMG's um, interest. But again, it really depends. There's certain clubs that are, or certain consortium groups are still trying to get their finances um, and their finances um, in place for this. So Again, it's going to be a weird one. I can only hope that the best one is picked for us um, because, honestly, we want this the centre of excellence that is Chelsea Football Club to continue. Um, and with that, I guess I will <laughs> bid you guys farewell, man. I appreciate you lot for coming on. Jay, Trills, Jerry, thank you so much for joining me. Um, yeah, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Look after yourselves, boys. Yeah. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network.